All right, Mike, check. Is this thing on? Thank you so much. This is another go-round of the Whatever You Say podcast. I'm your host, Ivory Towns. Special one. I know I say that every episode, but this is uh, this one hits home with me right here. I got a I got an Oklahoma Stallworth in the in the building. You know this guy once we start talking. Uh, but let me get our sponsors out the way. Shout out to Cibo Alto, C I B O dot A L T O. Check them out on social media. All the finest in your uh, infused cuisines, if you will. And one more time for my people out there at Covington Heat and Air. It's hot as hell outside. Quit playing. Get that unit checked out and tell them whatever you say sent you. Uh, if you do that, you get a little discount. If you let Covington Heat and Air know that you heard about them right here on the Whatever You Say podcast. Now, let me quit playing and get right into it, man. This guy does this for a living, so I got to kind of be on my P's and Q's, right? Uh, Whatever, dude. It, 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 this guy's a Hall of Famer oh, now. Oh, get out of here, man. Come on, Come man. on now. Come on, man. I got to do it right. I'm already in my. in the mail. I'm already in my own house. It in my, might bounce, but it's in the mail. <laughs> I'm already doing this in my socks. So I gotta, is that what I smell? Oh, I gotta quit playing. You hear that voice, man? Come on, man. This is a Hall of Famer right here. Let me quit playing. Fox 25's very own sports broadcaster extraordinaire, Mr. Myron Patton, live in the whatever you say studios. How we doing, Myron? I'm good, man. I'm you good? good? Uh, uh, the heat kind of let up a little bit in this uh, football season's here, man. So it's, it's it, better than it was, say, two weeks ago. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. It is here, man. It is here. And then, speaking of uh, uh, college football, prime time is going to be in the Big 12. That's right. Huh? That's right. Uh, prime time, man. Colorado had this kind of publicity since, what, the 90s, I guess? Cordell Stewart? Yeah, Cordell Stewart, That's Eric Enemy. You know, Darren Hagan, Rasan Salam, all those yeah. bad boys back in the 90s. It's been a while. That's All those guys are like, you know, Eric Ben trying to get a job, a head coaching job, I guess I should say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know, he had to, had to suffer, or not suffer, but had to settle for, what, coordinator out there at Washington. Yeah. The commanders. But you see the knowledge. You see how it goes, man. Let's, let's, go, down your, let's go down your bio real quick, Myron. Real quick. Oh, man. Oh, you graduate in 1984. Uh, yeah, 1984, uh, Channel 5, my first job. Started in 84, running studio camera. Yeah. On air in 88. Um, and stayed there until 94. Uh, got involved in radio, 95, doing talk show hosts at Old Sports Radio, which is now known as the Sports Animal. Right, uh, Sports Radio 640, right? Yep, Sports Radio 640, yeah. me and Al Eschbach and that crew down there. And then I uh, say, uh, went to Louisiana and played news for a few years, you know. <laughs> being, played news? Yeah, man. It's, uh, news ain't nothing but death and destruction, man. <laughs> ain't no fun in that one. Uh, you didn't like that one? No, well, it was okay. It was actually easy in sports, believe it or not. Really? But uh wasn't as enjoyable uh, as... I'd much rather go to a game than a murder scene. How about that? <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> I mean, how How is it easier just because you just read it and, and well, whatever is whatever? Well, you got more people. You know, I mean, sports departments, it's even worse now, pretty small. Yeah. And so yeah. you're doing more. You're multitasking. Whereas in news, I didn't edit anything. I, you know, I wrote my stories, but somebody else would edit it. Uh, I was a news anchor there. And so, you know, it just wasn't as taxing. But... I still dabbled in sports. I mean, while I was down there, you know, I, I still knew all the coaches and stuff. I'd go to right. practice on off days. And in fact, I was in Louisiana when Marcus Spears was at Southern Lab ah. before he went to LSU. And so, say, okay. And so when he talks about being a basketball player, he was a heck of a basketball was player. Was Oh, man, he could ball. He could ball big. Was he, he, couldn't, he wasn't that big, though, right? No, he was, he was, but he was big. He was a defensive lineman then, but yeah. he could move, man. You know, really? He got in the NFL, you know, he got to be 300-plus pounds, <laughs> putting on that weight. He's still big now, but he could play. Yeah. In fact, the two 
top teams in Louisiana with Southern Lab, which is on the campus of Southern University, and Grambling Lab, which is on Grambling's campus. Uh-huh. And uh, Grambling had a guy named uh, Antonio Hudson. He was a big-time player that schools up here were recruiting, and I got to know that coach pretty well. And later on, uh, Paul Millsap came through down there. And of course, he spent a long time in the NBA. And, uh, I mean, I enjoyed my stay in Louisiana. You know, it was, I, I, it's amazing how many athletes in that, that world, man, little bitty towns and stuff. Man. That little pocket. Oh, my gosh. They well, got, they grow them different, man. I guess, man. They come out different. Man, they got athletes all over the place. What's in now. the water, man? Give me, give me the biggest difference. I mean, obviously, athletes, bigger, uh, you know, it's, it's more concentrated down there. But your time there and your time here, as far as the sports scene goes. Um, you know, the sports team was good there. You know, they didn't have professional sports. I mean, LSU is the biggest thing in the state. That was their pro team. Uh, but, you know, what's it, Grambling, Southern, you know, your black you know, HBCUs uh, are big as well. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, I don't know what it is about the number of athletes, but you pick a sport, you know, whether it was track and field, football, baseball, basketball, whatever, they were some great players. And I mean, a lot of them played up in here, I mean, up in this part of the country. I mean, yeah. Hollis Price, those guys, they were from New Orleans. They played for Kelvin Sampson back and went to the Final Four in the early 2000s. He and Quantus White. And, I mean, uh, Mike Gundy gets guys out of Shreveport. You know, you know, you know what's crazy. You know, unfortunately, you know, a, a crazy, um, you know, event in Katrina. Mm-hmm. You know, migrated a lot of New Orleans folks right up here in oh yeah in Oklahoma all over again. Yeah, they did, you know? and also Houston because Houston's on. I mean, I ten basically yeah. goes from Houston to Baton Rouge and New Orleans, and so yeah, a lot of guys. Uh, I mean, DJ Augustine who played a long time in the NBA, played University of Texas. He's yeah. from New Orleans. Well. Yeah. Yeah. He finished up in Houston. C.D. Lamb, same thing. Yeah, you know. So yeah, a lot of guys. Katrina moved a lot of those guys out elsewhere. Hey, we wouldn't have an NBA team here if it wasn't for Katrina, Katrina, right? Yeah, right, right, no doubt. So, you know, it's a it's a, it's a double-edged sword. A good and a pot, uh, a good and a bad for everything. But after. What made that migration up here? I mean, you you had to make a decision too. Is it just yeah? Was it just business? We had we had a market that was open and looking. It was a little bit of both. Um, like I said, in the last I want to say six nine months, I went back to sports, but I didn't want to do sports there. Uh, I wanted to be in a ironically, I want to be in an NBA market. Really? We, we didn't have one here. And you came up to Oklahoma City, huh? Uh, so, so <laughs> whatever you say, uh, whatever you say. And I was say, looking. It's, this is this is strange how life works. <laughs> And I've told this story to these kids, you know, when I talked to them. I was talking to, I remember I was, I had talked to a uh, TV station in Charlotte and uh-huh. also Raleigh-Durham, which is Duke in North Carolina, you know, that triangle of all the schools there. And I got a call from a news director while I was in Louisiana. And I told her, I said, you know, I said, I'm at work. I said, I don't really feel comfortable talking about another job when I'm working on somebody else's job. Mm-hmm. Can I call you tomorrow? All right. The next day was 9-11. Really? Yes. And you were talking about moving up here? Uh, no, this is, this, is, this is North Carolina. Okay, Carolina, okay. And so okay. I, I, I said, and I actually called, just said I would call, but I, I knew what was going on. I said, hey, I understand. I know you got a lot going on. And I said, you probably don't have time to talk. I said, but I just want to let you know I called. She said, yeah, you're right. I don't have time. Click. <laughs> right. <laughs> we never talked again. Yeah. Jeez. I, and... Uh, and I had some family rich, uh, issues to get me back up here as well. Uh, and so I, can, I come back up here. But that was, I wasn't supposed to go. Yeah. I mean, you know, that yeah. was, this was, I was not supposed to go to North Carolina or anything like that. And I was supposed to come back up here. And I came back up here and got back in radio first. That was the easier thing than TV. You know, find a job there and did a lot of stuff, writing and internet and Myron, you would have been down there with, with in, in Jordan country. Uh, yeah. Who knows what would have happened, yeah, man? Yeah, yeah. And and I like the East Coast, man. I like. I mean, New York's one of my favorite cities. That's a little bit further up east. But, yeah. Um, but I'm adaptable. I've always said I can I can pretty much live anywhere, as long as the job's you know good enough and the people around me are happy. I can I can live a lot of places. Yeah. So you're a Hall of Famer, man, in the Oklahoma journal uh, journalist scene. Was that the dream as a youngster? No, it really wasn't. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, I didn't, I never thought of that. Was I mean, writing your thing? Yeah, I could write. I could yeah. always write. I had a uh, my dad could write. 
Okay. Um, he used to write uh, speeches for me. When I was a kid, uh, I did 4-H, you know. Okay, no doubt. I used to go to 4-H Roundup in Stillwater all the time. Well, you know how to start a, a fire and all that? Uh, I could start a fire. <laughs> I remember, I, I grew up in the country, man. So that's what people, I'm not a city guy. Myron on Naked and Afraid coming uh, soon. No, no, we ain't doing that. I don't know what that show's about. Man, that's people want to watch some porn or something. That's what they, they're trying to hey, give you some soft porn. I watch a lot of Naked and Afraid. Well, I know, see? I do. I know, see, they're trying to get you on that. I mean, I'm not a daggum jungle with no clothes on. The, the fire ants alone would get you, much hey, less everything else in the jungle. I always say, man, I think I could tough for that as long as it ain't raining all day, every day. They're in a rainforest. So right. <laughs> All day, every day. That'll be oh, tough, man. No, man, I wouldn't. Uh, but tell the truth, Myron. You ain't paid for a meal since May here in Oklahoma City. Uh, you know, I did just have a free lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Always working. Oh, that was work related. That was work related. Uh, no, but I mean, I was. I mean, obviously, I'm happy. I was happy to, to get that call, but that wasn't. I mean, I never. I mean, that's, it just kind of happened. Yeah. I didn't know it was going to happen. Somebody nominated me. They give you a heads up? Uh, well, after I made it, I didn't know I was even up for it. You didn't? No, they called me at work one afternoon. And so I had no idea it was, it was in the works. Um, you know, there's, there's awards like Emmys and all that kind of stuff. I've never even put tried for those. You know, where you have to actually submit stuff. That's what I about to say. Stuff. Yeah, somebody else had to do that for you. I don't, I didn't, I've never done any of that. Any of that. It's not that I don't appreciate it, because I do. Anytime somebody else appreciates your work, that's that's great. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm never like, oh, I want to win an Emmy. I want to win yeah. a Hall of Fame. It's just, I want to do the job. I pick sports because I love sports. Um, I play basketball. I grew up in a basketball family. My dad was a coach. I've got a lot of family members that played the sport and they were coaches. But I didn't want to coach. Yeah. And I was smart to realize that I was a pretty good player. I wouldn't say goes Alexander good. No, you wasn't that? I wasn't that, no. No. Well, so, what was your what was your best athlete? You had a shot? You were quick? a uh, little bit of both. I mean yeah. I could, I was I was a really good defensive player, but I could also shoot. I mean, my first game that I actually played, like uh, got in the games like fifth grade, an organized game. Mm-hmm. And I took the best player on on other teams' offensive player just by happenstance. And my deal is, don't let him score. Right. It's pretty simple. And I blanket him like he probably still has drinks. Myra, shut him down. <laughs> Myra, Myra, the stopper. So, but I can shoot. I mean, I'm a good player. But like I said, it was, it's just a way to stay involved with sports is why I pick sports. Yeah. And, uh, but that was it. And I saw, no, I, I mean, when the Hall of Fame stuff, I, I didn't apply for it. And I didn't, didn't lobby for it. And didn't say, hey, will you nominate? No, none of that. It just kind of happened. So. I appreciate whoever nominated, and I appreciate the people voting for me, and um, it's an honor. My mom tells more people than I do. <laughs> Still proud of her baby. Yeah, she's 94 years old. 94? Yeah, she'll be 95 uh, September 30th. Man, lo- love your mama, kiss your mama. Yeah. Anybody out there listening right now? Yeah, uh, I would agree. Please do that. You know, unfortunately, I lost my mother... January this year. Oh man, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, man. Um, and my pops, he passed like ten years ago. So, now it, it's it's a different feeling, man. You know, I always, and I always tell people, listen, man, do what you got to do, and then understand that making it past sixty, sixty-five is a real accomplishment nowadays. You know, yeah. my, my my mother was sixty-three, man, and it was, you know, my father didn't make it there. I think he was about he was he was sixty-two, sixty-three, but um. Yeah, my but, dad passed away in 96, so he's been gone a pretty good while. He, yeah. had, he had diabetes and a lot of complications that, that go with that. Um, but my mom's in, you know, she's... Still out here kicking, Yeah, man. you wouldn't know she's 90, that she's 94. <laughs> but, you know, she, That's good news, man. You know, she's doing good. That's good news. Well, along with you, what was it, 10? Well, you were part of 10, and there was two others that got Lifetime Achievement Awards. Yeah, also, yeah. Uh, let me see. I got the names right here. Uh, President of Oklahoma Association of Broadcasters, Vance Harrison, and then Joyce Jackson, who's the first black woman journalist uh, on yeah. Oklahoma television and now publisher of Shades of Oklahoma magazine. Yeah, Joyce, I've been watching her when she's at Channel 5. And, uh, and people, you know, and I realize when people watch you, uh-huh. you never know who you're impacting. 
No. So I'm well aware of that. Because no. I can remember watching. I mean, because I'm like, you know, there weren't a lot of black people on TV growing up, right. you know. And so um, when you see somebody, whether male or female, it stood out. Uh, and heck, over my sports casting career, I was a big Fred, Hick, Hick, uh, Fred Hickman guy mm-hmm. on CNN. And you try to steal stuff from him. You know, I remember watching Brian Gumble when I was in high school doing stuff. Right. Uh, so, yeah, you you try to emulate. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I know the impact that uh, that you can have on people. And people are always watching. Although I've always said this, you know, and, you know, people talk about role models and celebrities and stuff like that. I think we're all role models. Okay, if you're just sure. an eight to five guy or so somebody, whatever, yeah. Somebody's watching. Yeah. Whether you're doing something good or bad. Yeah. Somebody's watching, somebody's learning something. I'm talking about kids. So it's not just people you see on television or, you know, some athlete or whatever. We're all role models. Yeah. You know, good or bad. So What do you guys get, man? You guys get a get a, a ring, a jacket, what's got a big pl- uh big plaque, big plaque uh a pin. Uh, they've got uh, the Journal of the Hall of Fame at UCO, and they've got some, you know, on the wall pictures and everything else and stuff about your career. And so it's a uh, it's a big honor. Yeah, man. it's a big honor. And like I said, I mean, I, I had some family come up and celebrate with me, and yeah, and uh, like I said, but it was it was totally. Uh, Unexpected. I wasn't saying, well, I hope I Whatever like you it. say. Whatever you say. No, I wasn't thinking that because I didn't know I was up for it. <laughs> and I guess a good big shout out to whoever nominated you. Was that was that one specific person, your boss, or? I don't know. As a, as, what you mean? That you still don't know? No. Is it a, is that tradition to not let the person know? Um, I don't know if it's tradition or not, but, you know. It's I just, would think someone would, would want to let you know. No? Yeah, yeah, it's just one of those things. I mean. I guess if I did some investigative, you know, journalistic report, Secret or Santa, or something. yeah, something. I mean, I might could find out, but uh, it's it was. Uh, I mean, somebody did tell me it was unanimous vote that when I got in, that everybody at the board or whoever votes on, they they all agreed. So that's a big honor. That's a big honor. Then look at you. You say you started out. Al Ashbeck was on with you. Radio, yeah. Radio, yeah. He, he's up there. He's doing this. Al's thing. in there. Barry Trammell's Barry's in there. Barry's in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oliver Murray's on there. You yeah. know, Oliver Murray was photographer at Channel 4 for a number of years. And uh, and again... Blevins? I'm sure Dean Blevins in there, right? I don't know if he's in there or not. If he no? Not, I, don't, uh, I don't know if he's in there or not. Okay. I'm sure he will be, but, you know, it's um, it's some heavy hitters. I mean, Ralph Ellison's in there. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, come on, man. It's, nah, you up there, I don't, I don't have any. I don't have any libraries named Come on, you up there, man. Uh, when, when's the book? Uh, <laughs> We got a book coming. <laughs> I don't want to read anything, but I mean, like so, like he got a whole library in there. I mean, he's not just a book. He, I mean, it's some it's some pretty uh, impressive people in there. So, have you thought about that making a, a memoirs or? No, you know, I I guess it's how you see yourself. I man, I, I work so much. Um, I haven't really thought. You don't have time to take a step back and. No. And you, I, he, he's always in it. I, and I was telling him about, I said, I've got to find a way to to not work. Because people don't realize, I mean, people who are close, they, they know. But I mean, my schedule is just oh, man. maddening. Oh, man. Come on now. I mean, I'm, I remember, I'm going to tell you this. I remember when, when you and I worked together, for those who don't know, Myron and I worked together for a few years. And I remember complaining <laughs> to. Kevin, Kevin Perry, our old boss at Perry Publishing, uh, like Kevin, man, come on, man, I'm, I'm calling games at night. <laughs> uh, well, first of all, I work all day. I'm calling games at night, and then you want me to come in here and <laughs> kick off a show at seven, eight in the morning? I'm like, my, I'm like, Kevin, what do you? He's like, hey, man, this is what you want to do. But I, that's a tough schedule, man, yeah. and to be doing it for as long as you've been doing it, yeah. that's that's respect, man. That's that's I. Cause yeah, it's it's tough. I'm I'm younger than you, Myron, and I I get tired, man. You know, it's to the point to where I can't even lie, Myron. I, and I respect you guys, you know, for for this. At some point, the fun sports stuff started to leave me a little bit. Yeah. And it became, uh, you know, this is a job. Here we go again. Yeah. You know, we all watched the same game last night. Jeez. <laughs> no, yeah, I know. It's just, it's, um, how many opinions can I have? 
I mean, you know, it's, it's like Saturday. I, I, I came on vacation Sunday, and I basically, I told you, I think I told you, I said, I basically yeah. just kind of sleep at home. Yeah. I don't really. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. And I was trying to say, okay, Saturday, am I going to do the double or not? Go to Oklahoma at 11? Can I get post? And can I get still water by 6? You know. It's a lot, man. Um, and then it's Sunday all over again, and your, your cycle starts again. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know, but. Now nah, respect, man. Respect. God was asked this question a while ago, and and I want to ask you because now you have two areas you can kind of bank off of New Orleans and here in Oklahoma. Your best high school athlete in New Orleans and here in Oklahoma, off the top of your mind, because that I, I know I know you're not a social media guy, Myron, but that's a that's a constant question people talk about and ask on social media. You know, you mean who's the best athlete, high school athlete? I saw or just... high school basketball player, high school athlete that that you saw, that you covered, you talked to, you can remember. Wow, in high school. Wow, here in Oklahoma, that's just here. That's a pretty good question here in Oklahoma, man. Yeah. Um, you know, because the guys that jump out, you know, Tisdale back in the eighties. Mm-hmm. I mean, and their team was like a college team. Man. Yeah, it was unbelievable to watch what they had. He jumps out at you. Um, you said Booker T. I remember bringing up. I was asked this. I brought up Eton Thomas. Eton Thomas, good. He, of course, he and Ron Humphrey played together. Yeah, and he was Derek then. He was Derek. Derek Thomas yeah, then. yeah, yeah. I mean, you didn't get off the shop with those guys. It was just dominant, you know, yeah. just that size. Yeah, I remember at Douglas, like our our big man was six three, six four. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys come through six eight, six nine. I mean, it was it was you know. I, it, as a 13, they, 14 year old, that was that was a shocker to me. I, when they played here, I, I was at the game when they came here, Douglas and Park. Yeah. And Marcellus Rivers was on Douglas's team. I, I'll probably a freshman that year. Yeah. You, you were probably, yeah. Yeah. Was yeah I, and it was like. Uh, eighth grade, something Just like to that. get a shot off. Yeah. You know, anywhere near the paint. It was tough. It was one or the other going to like, <laughs> who's going to get it? I remember as a youngster, it was for me, then I only did two years in Oklahoma High School at Douglas. Then I moved up to Kansas City. And in my mind back then, Estelle Laster was a monster. He was. He was He was a problem. And then out of Northwest class on the top of that, not really known, at least to me in my in my mind. But they had Chu Kennedy back in the day. He see, was, I don't That was a little before yeah. me, but Chu I remember Kennedy, the name. Chu Kennedy was really good. Uh, Mark Price at Enid. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, Trey Young. I mean, you know, yeah, uh, no doubt. right, right here in the last couple of years. Uh, Stevie Clark's name came up. You know, and I tell uh, people all the time, Stevie Clark was a guy that Trey grew up really loving to watch play. That was our, that was our Curry, our Steph Curry. Yeah. Before that came a thing. Before that became, you know, two steps across half court, jack it up. Yeah. Clark was already doing that. Oh uh, yeah, he was he was exactly right now, and and I know Trey's. Favorite NBA player was Steve uh, Nash. Yeah, but he loved some Stevie Clark. In fact, I I was uh, used to play ball with Rayford all the time. His dad and I he introduced me to Trey at a Douglas game. Yeah, Steve was playing at watching Stevie. Yeah, watching Stevie. Yeah, and yeah. Trey's like I don't know seventh eighth grade or something like that or whatever at the time. And so he was a big Stevie Clark fan. And you're right, Stevie Clark was the first guy you saw when he stepped across half court. You better be up on him because he, <laughs> yeah. he would let it fly. You know. <laughs> And would hit it. Yeah, yeah I mean, he would. He was a heck of a player. Of course, Douglas, about four years, they were the best team in the state. You know? Um, Won like four straight, didn't they? Yeah, like yeah. That. Uh, Shout out Coach Long. Coach Long and, of course, Dorian Williams, new coach. Whatever you say. On that team. You say. And the Buxton. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, you talk about players. I, if I better mention a Douglas player, you know, uh, Greg Sutton was – Heck of a player back in the day. Was he? Y'all man, yeah. Yeah. He played in the NBA. I remember his name. I, I of course didn't see him play. But, yeah, he was. He was. You know. He was an, an offensive. You know, and, and I tell you what, I always use this as an example. This is when we when we had a CBA team. You know, I, I was like a lot of guys. You, know, you think college basketball players are really good, and they are. Mm-hmm. And I thought the CBA players were really good, and they are. But I remember we had a team here, and they had an All Star game over Douglas, the old gym, before they okay playing it now. And some of the Calvary players, that was in Oklahoma City Calvary, played here. And Greg was back in town. He was at that time in the NBA. Had, I think he was with Charlotte, maybe Chicago, one of the teams. And Greg was an offensive guy. He was not a defensive guy. It was his, his deal with offense. Right. 
But he was locking those deep guys up like he was Michael Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> you would have thought he was the best defensive guy in the league. Yeah. But what it was, he had played in the NBA and gone against the best offensive players. And so yeah. when he came down a level, oh, he was locking them up like they were, you know, like he looked like he looked like he was just an all league defender. It's a Hall of Famer. Yes. You know, uh, and uh, that was like it was a real eye opener how good you have to be to play in the NBA. You know? And the difference of size, man. You oh, know, yeah. like, I mean, obviously, you know, basketball players are tall, but you don't really get the gist of it till you're out there trying to get around a guy who's six seven, mm-hmm. and him just sticking his arms out, sliding his feet a little bit, and you just, <laughs> he's like, I've never, I never tried to shoot a jump shot over a six seven guys. It's they a different it, thing. They make it look easy. It's a different thing, but man. It's a different world, man. It's, yeah. Uh, I mean, it was. I was talking to Stephen Alexander yesterday. I did an uh, interview with him. He was talking about how. You know, the NBA and what it does in terms of, you know, letting guys realize how good you have to be to play at that level, mm-hmm. you know. And it is, man. I, if you're if you're fortunate to be on the floor, you can really say, man, this guy's incredible. Yeah, he yeah. made that look like it yeah. was like he just – but it's really hard what he did, you know. And he might be the ninth guy on the bench. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, damn, yeah. this is, I got to beat this guy out? Yeah, those, those things saying that the worst team in the NBA, are they – some college team will be a man, please. Yeah. They beat him by 40. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Myron Patton, Hall of Famer, live in the studio of whatever you say, man. Appreciate the time, Myron, once again. Whatever you say. Whatever you say. Whatever you say. You know what, Myron? We're doing all this talk about football, <laughs> and it's a perfect time to remind folks that that weather's going to drop at any moment now. So it's time to get in contact with my folks at Covington Heat and Air. 20 years in the game, you might as well get somebody who knows what they're doing. And exclusively for my listeners only, when you contact Covington Heat and Air, tell them you heard the promo on the Whatever You Say podcast and instantly get 10% off your order. That's right. Just bring up the Whatever You Say podcast whenever you place an order with Covington Heat and Air and right away, 10% off your final order. If you know Oklahoma, it gets really hot. It's even worse when your AC goes out. So get it checked now. And Covington Heat and Air is the perfect company specializing in maintenance, troubleshooting, and installs for residential and light commercial businesses. And they've been doing it for 20 years. Now that's experience. Open seven days a week, 8 a.m. to midnight, but available by phone 24 hours a day at 405-568-9463. Licensed, insured, and bonded. Covington Heat and Air, where we care. Whatever you say, podcast. Give me a story about maybe, uh, you know. Wait, is this thing working? As a writer, I'd, I'd imagine maybe in your younger days, a parent, an athlete who was a little upset with something you may have wrote about. Maybe you rubbed some folks, a coach or something, maybe you rubbed them the wrong way. Because you know how, how personal how folks get about, you know, the sports story after the game. Yeah, you know what? She, this lady wasn't so much upset. But this was in my uh, talk radio. I was just doing talk radio, and I did a lot of internet stuff like recruiting, yeah. uh, covering basketball and stuff like that. I mean, I was like, and I remember being at a football practice one day, and we were talking about this particular player. And this is when practice were open. So this is like right. 2002 or something like that. And it was an open scrimmage, and we were just on the sideline talking. It was actually on the practice field, and it was fans and everything. And I was talking to somebody else, and I was talking about this player, and I said, yeah. I said, he's good. I said, but he's going to have to – he's a quarterback. I said, you know, I said, but he's, he's going to have to be able to – I said something about being able to understand that, you know, sometimes you can't – try to fit that pass in there. You got to take a loss or throw the ball away, something to that effect. Well, his mom was standing right behind me. Uh And I didn't know it. And it wasn't anything bad, but it was like, it was just kind of like, hey, you know, this, you can't get away. You know, it's in high school, but you can't get away with this in college. (laughs) The the players are better. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden she says, she says, well, if they would give him more chances to play, then maybe he would know that. You know, and she's like, you guys always, you know, killing my son on on uh, on radio and everything else. And so I turned around and it was the kids. She told me who she was. Right. You know, and she was really upset about and she was listening to every word that we were saying. And 
And I said, well, I said, but it still doesn't change the point. I said, this is not Ada High School. Right. That might tell you who it was. Right. <laughs> okay. You know. I get you. And so, and so we got to talk and everything else. And, but it's one of those things I always, and I would tell parents this. I said, you shouldn't listen to talk radio. Yeah. I said, because if it's not me, it's going to be somebody calling in because if you lose a game or if somebody made a bet and they didn't cover the game, yeah, they're going to be upset. A true feelings coming out, man. Yeah. And a lot of times, I, what I find, a lot of times, it's not so much the players upset. This is even in the pros. It's the family members that are the most upset. Oh, yeah. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. But, yeah, she's right behind me. She's listening to everywhere we said. And I didn't trash that, but what I was just say? talking with you, know, kind of critiquing him. Because I've always had this deal. <laughs> I said, I'm not going to say anything on radio I won't, I won't say to your face. Yeah. I'm not going to call you an idiot. I'm not going to call you this. Right, right. Uh, if I won't say it already, I'll say it to your face. And I, that's, you know, and you do radio. It's all ad lib. Yeah, you may say, I probably could phrase that better or whatever. But it's never from a mean spirited standpoint. How is it as a as a black journalist and like you know we were talking about you getting in the Hall of Fame and things like that? Does it bother you? And and, and even you know we talked about Joyce Jackson and her being the first black woman journalist on Oklahoma t uh, television. Does it bother you when you get that tag, the first black journalist to do X Y Z? No, you know because I you know sometimes you hear people say I don't want to be labeled that. Just I just want to be a journalist. I just want to be a, a reporter. No, it didn't bother me because the, the, the reality is somebody had to be the first. And the reason that it's noted is because, for the most part, a lot of fields were absent of black or, you know, minority people. I mean, so uh, Oklahoma City, I can remember, not just here, but I can remember when it was a big deal to see a black person on television. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, again, like I said, where I grew up, and of course, this is before your time, but I'm older than you, when you had, you had three channels. That's yeah. it. yeah. And so I can remember seeing Max Robinson at ABC. I'm like, wow, he, you know, he got afro and everything. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, when I was coming up, it was Lee Evans. Well, Lee Evans here yeah. locally. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so it's, no, it doesn't bother me at all. It's just, it's just factual. Yeah. You know, and uh, if you've been able to carve out a spot, you probably work pretty hard to get it. And to stay, you work pretty hard to get it and stay there. So, no, it's just it's just a factual statement that uh, needs to be highlighted. Of course, you hope to get to the point where that's not a big deal anymore. Uh, but you don't have to make those statements. More black personalities on TV in in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. I would think so, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Louisiana throughout. I mean, yeah, yeah. There's there's more, um, and a lot of that has just the, the population and what they've been able, what they. It's like anything else. If people think it might bring some some eyeballs to your TV because I think, you know, being, being at uh, Fox has helped open some doors to some other folks there, you know, in no terms doubt. of uh, getting some more black folks there. No doubt. I saw a video the other day, you know, standing along that same line. I saw a video the other day where Steph Curry was talking about, you know, racism came up and he was talking about the microaggressions of, you know, when black folks are told, oh, you speak so well. I'm so, I'm so... Pleasant, you know, you speak so pleasant. I'm surprised, and I'm articulate. All that stuff, <laughs> articulate, which is something I'm sure you had to deal with. How are we dealing with that? How many times that happened to you, and how do you feel when you hear that? Is that cringy when you hear that? Well, I think you know people mean that as as a, a compliment. As a compliment, of but course. Yeah. What it is, you're you're almost saying you're you're not the norm. I expect I didn't I didn't expect this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. you're not the norm. When in reality is plenty of them. Yeah, there's plenty of them, and as far as how someone speaks, a lot of times is where you grew up. Accents, because there's plenty of white people have accents, you yeah. know, whether they're from a, a particular area of the country. You know, somebody in the far south may have a, a particular accent in Mississippi that's going to be different than somebody who grew up in California. Yeah, no doubt. You know, and, 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 you know, and there are white people that catch that too. Like when I was growing up, uh, Terry Bradshaw, who's from Shreveport, Louisiana, <laughs> yeah. he was always the dumb hick from yeah. Louisiana. <laughs> yeah. Because he's a, you know, and I always said because, one, he's from Louisiana, people thought that. And, two, I think it probably was the fact that early in his career, people forget this, Joe Gillum beat him out, black yeah. quarterback from Tennessee State. Really? And so 
I think some people probably attach, well, you must be dumb, dude. <laughs> you know? People gladly forget that part. Yeah, huh? and yeah. and Joe had drug issues and ruined his career, and, but he was a really good quarterback at Tennessee State. And Terry Bradshaw was a great quarterback. He got four Super Bowl rings, and you don't look at him now, but he was a heck of an athlete. Yeah. You know? he was, and he plays into it. Yeah, he, he does. You know, oh, him, he does, yeah. Charles Barkley, they, they, play, they play into the little, little, little stupid stuff, yeah. you know. Yeah. Cut the check. Uh, whatever. Yeah, cut, yeah. cut the and, check. And I know Barker getting a big check. Uh, cut. A big I'm, old sure, check. I, I'm sure uh, Terry Bradshaw is too. I mean, you want me uh, to pronounce my words like what? Okay. All right. Let me see that check. <laughs> What's that? How many zeros? Yeah. Again? What are commas? All right. No problem. Uh, let me know for 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 fans, uh, even players. You know they tend to give a little more grace to uh, you know those who actually played the sport. Whether you're talking journalists, pundits, you know, TV folks or whatever, is it the same in the writing community? Do you guys kind of give a little more love, pay a little more attention to a guy who, who actually did it, as actually played the sport, as far as writing a story or oh, you mean it, his uh, opinion? An athlete. Well, an athlete certainly can bring a perspective that you know, if they play in the NFL or NBA, they can bring a perspective that uh, that your average person can, and that includes writers. In the writing rooms, you guys give that guy his respect, though? Or is it if like, he's really good, yeah. 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 I mean, Mark Spears, who uh, I don't know if you watched the Naismith uh, Hall of Fame stuff a couple of weeks ago, he got a big award. I did, yeah. And he didn't play in the NBA, but he played college basketball. Right. And, you know, he's a really good guy. He's I can remember having him on radio early in his career. He was in different newspapers, and he's as down to earth as it gets. But, yeah, but he's also a really good writer. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're going to write, you got to be able to put words together and be able to, you know, draw the list, the reader in, and paint a picture for him. And he's really good at, at his at his craft. And that, and that's all I've ever said. If you know, whether we're talking broadcasting or writing, yeah, they can bring a different perspective because they played, but not every player can bring that perspective because one, can they express themselves to bring you into maybe tell you something that maybe you don't already know or the, the listener, if we're talking radio or viewer TV or the writer. I mean, it's like anything else. I mean, not everybody who goes to journalism school is going to turn out to do what I'm doing or what right. Barry Trammell's doing or whatever. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, I don't have a problem with uh, athletes getting involved because, again, they can bring the perspective we can. They're trying to take over our jobs, man. I, I, matter of fact, I saw the, the, the Monday night, Countdown crew was was an RG three Marcus Spears and 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 uh, uh, RC Farland, maybe no RC oh, oh. Uh, uh, Ryan Ryan, Ryan Clark, Clark yeah. Ryan Clark yeah. I said is this the new the new uh, okay so we're going Scott Van Pelt and three three former players okay yeah you know um, and a lot of times they think that maybe draws some people in now they got to be good now those three are, I about to say those three are good yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, those three are good at their job. Yeah, you got, you got, you have to be good. And my big deal too is, you can't just lean on the fact I played here. You got to yeah. do the homework, and that's the thing. You know, you got to come prepared. You just can't. You know, it's like like doing radio. Um, you do a radio show, and after you call all your teammates that you played with, about two weeks in, now what? Yeah. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's there's more to it than that, you know, because yeah. a lot of people think radio's pretty easy. You know, you just hey, I'll just call Troy Aikman, or I'll just call Steve Young, or I'll just call Tom Brady, but that lasts about two weeks. Yeah, yeah. You know, you run out of teammates. What are you saying? What are you saying? Yeah. Now what? You know, what do you bring to the table? <laughs> so I, I mean, it doesn't bother me. I mean, it's because there's a lot of work that goes into it in terms of uh, you know preparation and really being able to explain to people and bring them in and. I'm big on tell me something I don't know. That's, that's, that's how I judge documentaries. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let me know something that, that I haven't heard on every other documentary, little special featurette before the game. Give me, give me something else. Yeah. And, and you're absolutely right. And on that note, what do you, how do you think Big Perk is doing? I think Perk is doing a good job. You know, he's not afraid to uh, ruffle some feathers of players. You know, and that's something you always worry about when guys do that job. Are they trying to protect certain guys? I mean, he said some stuff about Russell. He said yeah. something about Kevin Durant. Yeah. I mean, guys he played with a long time here. 
Um, and that's what they want, frankly. They want you to yeah. They want you to rough it up a little they bit. They want you to do that. I mean, like I said, just again, do your homework, explain yourself. You know, when they get to breaking down film, that's that should be right there wheelhouse. Uh, if they can find out things that we can't, you know. Uh, but there's always some shortcomings. I mean, when Jalen Rose interviewed uh, John Morant, he really hit on him anything really hard. He didn't. You know, and that's he tough didn't. because he's. I mean, he's not really trained to do that. You know, I hate to see ESPN let him go. I mean, that's not where they let him go, but they let, they've been letting go a lot and of them. They let go everybody. Yeah. But, but no, nah, nah, I'm with you. I mean, I, I think that was one of those moments where it's tough for a veteran, an older guy, a quote-unquote OG, right, who's trying to help out and, and look out for the young guys. It's tough. That was a tough position for Jalen to be in. Yeah, it was. Because you want to help the dude. You want to, you know, paint a good picture and have him look well on TV. But, yeah, you didn't get to those real hard-hitting, the hell are you doing? question yeah, yeah you know what would you have asked john moran let's get right there <laughs> what the hell is that well yeah that's, where your daddy at what's yeah i mean because he the thing about ja before all this happened i remember talking to wes you know guys at radio stations who don't know who wes is and you know talk a lot about on radio so wes it's like you could see he was walking down the wrong street I mean, you could see it. You could see it. You didn't have to be an NBA player to see this. Yeah. You just had to live a little bit. And we've all been 25 years old, and I didn't have a gazillion dollars in my pocket mm-hmm. like he does. And, but you could see he was headed down the wrong path. And not a week later, that's when all the gun stuff and arose. But, you know, you're hearing about the stuff, getting in a fight at a pickup game at his house and all yeah. this kind of stuff. I mean, you're not – you're not at, you know, Woodson Park. You're running up in somebody at, at a high school game. Yeah, and, you know, a yeah. municipal or whatever. You can't be doing that kind of stuff because <laughs> at the end of the day, nobody cares about him. You're, you're going to be one that's going to catch all the, the flack. Yeah. And so that was one of those uh, situations where you would have, I would have liked to know, did you not understand that, one, it's not just about you. It's about the Grizzlies as an organization, the NBA as a whole. Mm-hmm. And that there's a lot of people out there would love to get into a fight with you. <laughs> right. So they could sue right. you and get some of that money. Yeah. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. I mean, that's, Simple that's as that. you're a target. Everybody is, it's like everything in life, you just got a good and a bad side. You make a lot of money. That's great. But everybody knows it. And there's a lot that's of people trying side. to get it. And yeah. That's the bad side. <laughs> everybody knows exactly you know, what your signing bonus is, they know when you get paid. You know, everything. Yeah. And so you can't just, you know, act like you're a normal guy and go be roughhousing with some guy and over a pickup game. I, I, don't, I, you know, I don't like to sound like, you know, all the youngsters don't get it. But, I mean, it's, I'm at that age where that's what I'm saying. I, you, you just don't get it. What do you do in that position where you're interviewing a celebrity, an athlete like that, and their people? Have you been in this uh, situation? Their manager, their PR guy comes in. Don't ask them this. Don't 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 say that. Don't bring this up. What are you doing in those I've, situations? I've never had anybody walk up while I'm doing the interview, but you know there's there are occasions where yeah they want. To, here's the thing: when people call you and they say, "Hey, so and so's doing this," you know, like some charity event or whatever, right. and they really really want you to cover it, you know. Yeah. And yeah, you may cover it because you know, Frankie, your station wants you to do something more than just basketball highlights mm-hmm. or football highlights or whatever. But I've always said. If you're doing something good, it don't matter if I'm there or not. Right, right. <laughs> just do what you do. Right. Well, well I got to be. Well, I got to bring the camera. Yeah, it doesn't matter if I'm there or not. You know, that's why I look at it. And if we get there, great. If we don't, well, you're still handing out turkeys or whatever you're doing. Right. If, if your heart's in the right place, you know, that kind of deal. You ever but, try to play hardball and say, all right, now if I come out there, I need my no-holes-barred exclusive oh, in the, gonna, during the off-season. It depends. You know, I did some stuff with Russell Westbrook when he was here. Mm-hmm. Um, but they generally send it out to, to other people. But, you know, sometimes you develop relationships and, you, you know, you're able to do some stuff. But, yeah. you, know, I, you know, I never tried to twist anybody's arm or anything like that. Uh, but my biggest deal is, I mean, that's great. I'll see if I can get there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's – Damn, Myra. I mean, I – that's how you be a Hall of Famer, folks. No, it's just that sometimes. That's I mean, how you do it. It's you. You get there, and 
because uh, you want to cover that stuff. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, maybe the day, man, hey, my photographer's sick. Right, right. You know? Um, but you want to tell that story. I mean, Russ came back here, I guess, about a year ago, did a court over to Capitol Hill uh, High School. Yeah. Okay. And I went out there, shot some stuff, and talked with him. That's, that's, in fact, that's when he was still with the Lakers. He hadn't been traded to the Clippers, you know, hadn't been got with the Clippers. And, in fact, he says he slipped back into town every now and then. Really? Yeah. Stephen Adams does the same thing. He slips back in the town every now and then. We need some, uh, need some of those Russell Westbrook reading rooms to get back cracking again. Yeah. The school's having issues right now, man. Tell folks the difference between a pundit, a personality, journalist, columnist, and, and then when did you feel comfortable to make that, that jump up from newspaper, radio, to TV? Well, TV, I mean, it's funny. I probably did more radio in college yeah. than TV. I didn't really get into TV until like my senior year. Okay. And I interned at Channel 5. That's when, gosh, Sports Department had like five people in it. <laughs> Man, it was like, oh, those days are gone, long gone now. Um, I mean, a columnist, you get to have opinions. You know, you're, you're not writing a game story. You, got, you may be writing about a coach's decision or something like that. The columnist that you're 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 the you're on the front page with your picture there. Mm-hmm. With your well, okay. That's that's and you're that's getting, a column. You're you're writing some opinion about something. Right. Yeah, as opposed to a guy who's covering the game, he's just giving the nuts and bolts. So right. Oh, you won, oh you lost, whatever, and this is what happens. Um you know, they're all journalists now. You know, to me a journalist is I mean, are you fair? You know, I I mean, I went to school at OU. Everybody knows it. But I'm, I go to Stillwater as much as I go to Norman. Yeah. You know, I have a great relationship with Mike Gundy, just like Brent Venables or Bob Stoops before him. Right. Or Lincoln Riley, I guess I should say. Um, and I, w- I always like to make it a point. That's why I say I really want to do both on Saturday because, you know, I never want to be labeled an OU or OSU guy. And I know there are people that are labeled that way. Yeah. That, like, if they go to Stillwater, it's like going to, you know, well, let me load up because I'm going to <laughs> Afghanistan or something. Right. Know? And there are OSU guys who feel the same when they go to Norman. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like they're going, like they're crossing the border into, you know, Mexico. A little bit, <laughs> a little bit. Like, is, is any gangs out here? You know, that kind of, I'm like, come on, man. I'm an old state fan. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not jumping up to go to Norman. I mean, it's, I'm not. you know, it's, they're breeding the same air in, in <laughs> Cleveland County as Payne County. You yeah. know? It's all the same. So I never want to be labeled that. And, and frankly, again, it gets back to I got into sports journalism because I like games. I want to go to games. I want to cover games. Yeah. I tell people all the time, I want to go to games and not pay for them. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the real you know, trick want, right there. I want to go and not pay for them. <laughs> you know, so if it's an OSU game, I mean, I'm there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When they sudden had him rocking with Tony Allen and, and those boys. And, yeah. And the, gosh, man, I, it, it was like Ooh, when they went on a break, it was like it's like Eddie Sutton let the, the barn open and there the horse is going. You feel them rumbling down the court. And you got a Graham twin here and a Graham twin there yeah. and Ivan yeah. McFarlane. And then you got, you know, a, so Lucas, hey, I'm going to put the three-point line. <laughs> he hit me, you know. I mean, I, just, I love those are good games. times, man. Oh, those are great times. Those are good those times. Are just as good times when OU's got it going on with Hollis Price or whoever. Yeah. Or Buddy Hill. Yeah. You know? So I'm all about the games. But uh, but be fair, man. It's real simple. And you might be wrong. And they, you might write stuff that they not, or say things they don't like. But I think they know, I think they know the, the ones that are trying to cover whatever both things to be whatever fair. You say, whatever you say. You know, doesn't mean you're always going to be right. <laughs> Or you won't misspeak, or do something wrong, but I think they know. Yeah, he's, he's trying to do a good job. Yeah, that's Myron Patton, Fox Twenty Five's Myron Patton, Oklahoma Journalism Hall of Famer. I spent a lot of time playing at the Carbon Center when I was like in the sixth, seventh, eighth grade, yeah. going to Four H Club. You know, speaking engagements. My dad write me speech, and I go up there and do a speech, and then we go to Carbon Center and play pickup ball. <laughs> me and Flute and Randy. Let's go, man. Let's go play some ball. Man. Run out on Lewis Field when it's like this is this is Lewis Field. I thought it's the fastest dude. I said this this whole artificial turf makes you seem like you're really fast. <laughs> Moving something up. <laughs> hey, uh, if nothing else, learn to uh, 
get your dad to write your speeches for you. He's he's a really good writer, man. Hey, he's, man. And, uh, and so that's, I think that's where I get my writing from him. You had the you had the uh, you had the plug right there, man. Now look at you. Yeah. H O Effer. Uh, Myron, tell me this, man. College uh, football starting up. I saw Pat McAfee replace Lee Corso on the on the college game day uh, uh, squad over there. Well, and also, uh, oh, uh, what's who they bring? Ge- the Georgia. He replaced him too. Oh, David Pollard. David Pollard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he's on there with the with the loose tank top. Under the sports man, jacket. Man, don't get me started. You feeling that? that? Oh, I'm not feeling that at all, man. I'm like, put on a, a mock T-shirt or something. <laughs> the loose tank top, too. That's what kills me. Not even the tight one. Yeah. I'm going to go loose tank top. I mean, you look like a... Oh, I can't say what I want to say. Come on. Hey, really? you can say it. No, it's man, whatever you say I, podcast. Man, I'm Myra? Like, what does he do? I mean... I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is, man. I don't know that. Where is TV going? I mean, listen, we're putting Pat McAfee, and, and he, I think he's good at his job. But as far as, you know, it used to be a thing. You gotta, we got to dress the part. We got to look the part when, we, when we're gratiating TV. Ah, it's not the case anymore. I think, I think people who do TV, and maybe this is, I don't. I don't like the tennis shoes with the slacks. I don't I, either. I don't like the, that. The slacks don't hang right. No, I don't like that. No, they, they all crinkle up at the bottom. <laughs> they, they don't hang right, man. I'm wearing shoes. I mean, come on. I'm not wearing I, some tennis shoes. And just because you make them leather, they're still tennis shoes. Right, right. You know? Uh, I don't like that, man. But, yeah, I don't know. It's almost like it's when they uh, when he came out, he was going to ESPN. Somebody put out a tweet said that ESPN is getting to go barstool, like you know barstool right. radio, yeah. just whatever goes. And and I'm not approved. You cuss. I'm not. Gonna say, oh my gosh, what are you saying? Yeah. You know, but at the same time, that's not going to make me listen to you just because. Oh, I'm a. It's like I used to. There are certain shows I've listened to. I used to, I used to love this show called Suits on USA. Okay. Um, and they got to a point where they just start saying random curse words. I'm like, they don't fit. You know, somebody, just, just to throw they, it in there. There's a, there a, there's a, an, almost an art to curse. Yes, yes, it doesn't yes. fit. You know, it fits or whatever. And it's like, let me throw an F-bomb in there. Let yeah. me throw it. I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? Yeah. You're just trying to cuss just so you can cuss. I'm like, that's going to make me watch. <laughs> You're just messing up the dialogue. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, is that what they think people, that's going to get people to listen and watch, I guess? I guess so. Maybe so. I don't know. But yeah, the T-shirt that's just kind of all loose, and you got a little gold chain, you throw and you throw on a jacket. I'm like, yeah. And then you throw it like a normal, regular, like gray sports jacket over, like it was an extra one sitting in the back. Yeah, just grab it. Yeah, give me that. Doesn't yeah. match. Doesn't yeah, doesn't match. It. Right. <laughs> you, so, so you want to be flying, kind of young and and spry with the tank top, but then you throw on, you know, Andy Griffiths. Sports Meanwhile, jacket. you got Herb Street over here, you know, looking all, everything. Is he like, dapper. Yeah, dapper and everything else. <laughs> and you got all the other guys, but you just kind of, I, I don't know. I don't I, get it. I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe, you know, maybe they're still working out the kinks. Uh, maybe they'll hear this podcast. Hey, just give him a doggone mock t-shirt if he don't wear a suit and tie. I, I prefer a suit and tie, but at least give him a mock t-shirt. There you, you go. Yeah. yeah. Something. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't need to see the, the, the taco meat yeah. on the chest hair. No. Stereotypes of black journalists. Do those things exist? Um, I, let me. I, in I what, asked, what way? I guess. I, mean, I, I asked that because I was talking to a director. I had a director in here. Shout out my man, uh, Video Hero. He um, directed a documentary, Writing Legacy, about black cowboys mm-hmm. in Spencer, Oklahoma. And I asked him that same question, like, you know, stereotypes. You, you, you're creating art out here. Is that a thing you you worry about? And he said, Yeah. And then so I'm I'm thinking. But on the other hand, some people say I've heard people say, Well. No, nah, don't worry about that. Gets in the way of my art, right? Gets in the way of the story I'm trying to tell. If I'm worried about who I'm making mad and trying to be PC, for journalists, is that a thing? Is that? I mean, I've never thought of uh, that's never anything I've done. Yeah. Um, as know, a black get, as a black journalist, you don't feel like like maybe people expect you to write a certain way or cover certain topics. I don't think so. No. I mean, I mean, I mean, sometimes like when you're younger. You, you may use slang or something. Right. Um, but, no. I mean, and I think as you get older, like, you know, I'm not 25 now. So yeah. some of the things that kids say today, I'm not going to say that. Right. You know, it doesn't, right. it, doesn't, it doesn't fit. You know, 
with what I'm doing right now. But no, I don't, and if it, if it's there, I don't detect it if people expect something. Now maybe that's because I've been doing it a long time, and so everybody kind of knows. You said in your way, I'm man. Hey, this is what you're getting, man. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, I'm not out here uh, saying, okay, what's the latest slang? Yeah. Now, can I write this down? Throw that in there. And do all that. Do I put emphasis <laughs> on this or that? I think people can tell when you're faking it. You know. Yeah, and then you know, I think in this age, you know, whether you're writing for newspaper or or online, um, and you know, for doing as long as you've been doing it, Myron, yeah, I think people get used to a certain, certain dialogue, a certain, you know, maybe a certain opinion, um, yeah. that, that to come from you. Um, have you ever shocked anybody? Has anybody ever, you know, maybe there's an opinion that you knew that was going to be kind of cringy or maybe something that people still bring up oh, to you? We probably got the, you know, I do a commentary on, uh, it's called Just Thinking. Just Thinking. Uh -huh. Drop the G. Um, that's all the slang you're getting right there. Yeah, that's, that's about it. That's it. But <laughs> back when Colin Kaepernick was going, ah. you know, and I did a commentary on that, and I, and the basic theme was is that, you know, what he was protesting was not the flag. It wasn't about the military. You know, it was about police brutality and minorities. And people don't want to talk about that. And they they change. They want to change the topic because they don't want right. to talk. They don't want to acknowledge this right there in front of them. You know, and that's the gist of the commentary. And, you know, we got some calls about the station did. This is know. Oklahoma City, Myra. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I know that there's some truck drivers that was not feeling that. <laughs> I know. What, what were those calls like? Well, I didn't get them, first off. Uh, <laughs> they they, they called the station, uh, and they were upset. that We don't listen to him to do that. We listen to do sports and yeah, typical yeah. stuff, stick to sports, that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, and there's but there have been sports topics that's really actually kind of funny. One, and this happened, I don't know if you remember, Liam McHugh used to work with me. Uh, mm -hmm. He was when I first started at Fox. He was one. Of the, he was the number two guy. Whatever you and this say. This was actually an OU OSU thing. Okay. And it was <laughs> during the time when women's basketball and OSU was leading the conference, and and I wasn't even working that night. But he said something to the effect, um, "OU had won a big game against somebody." He uh -huh. Report on that. Then he said, "Hey, more good news for OU. OSU lost." They picked up a, a game or something like that. Okay. Well, they were the OSU people were, were really mad. Like he that. said, "Oh, good news! OSU lost. <laughs> yeah. They didn't catch anything else." All right, All right. But what he made even worse or funny, they had me saying it. What you mean had you saying they, it? They they said I said it. Oh, oh I okay. was off. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, now Liam is a white guy from Long Island, New York. Okay. <laughs> I'm the black guy from Tom, Oklahoma. <laughs> right. We're about as far away from each other as you can get. Yeah, yeah. I was at home, wasn't even at work, and I started getting all these emails. Uh -huh. Some you can't repeat on the air. Really mad. I had the sales department come and say, did you say this? You know, because he's one of the guys, big OSU guy. I'm like, uh -huh. what are you talking about? And he said, you said this? I said, I didn't say anything. I was off last night. You know, and but they just associated the station with me and I started getting all these emails and I answered a lot of them. Yeah. You know, and some, some, we went dialogue back and forth. Some, they didn't want to hear it. I got my story and I'm sticking with it. Yeah. <laughs> and I what, hate you. And what'd y'all do with Liam? They didn't do anything to him. He's he, all good. I mean, he was basically, what he was saying, oh, you, it was good news for OU, which it was because they're trying to run, catch OSU in the standing. Right. And right. they had won a game. OSU had lost. That's good for OU. It wasn't saying like, oh, I'm glad OSU lost. They took it personal. <laughs> they took it like, oh, there's that guy just rooting for OU. <laughs> he was just making us that OU picked up a game, yeah. and they're happy about that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but people hear what they want to hear, and I got blamed for that too. You Sorry, know? man. You, you, made it, you made it through the storm. I made it. I made it. But, uh, you know, it's, um, but yeah, we do commentaries like that, and some, some kind of rub people the wrong way. Outside of sports, what's Myron get into? Man, when I, you when you got time? When I have time. When you're I, not up I, and down I, the highway. I still love movies. Yeah, I you're a movie guy. I love movies. Uh, still love that. Um, Favorite sports movie? Ooh. I still like watching Blue Chips when it's on. Just to pick out all the guys that are in it. I know, right? You know, I sit down. All the coaches all and the coaches. players. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Kenny and Shaq when they were young. And I like doing that with uh, He Got Game with Ray Allen's high school team. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a Travis Best or something. It was like, it was like weird, you know, yeah, random guys. Random guys, yeah. You know? I mean, I'll watch the Hoosiers. I'll watch uh, what else? Sports movies. I mean, I don't watch. Look, people always have to fish today, Pittsburgh. I, I mean, I, I, that didn't really, that's like, come on, that didn't grab me. With the cornbread and me. Yeah, I did. All that. That didn't grab me. Uh, <laughs> White Man Can't Jump was okay. It's okay, but you know, it's just okay. like. Okay. It was good, but. That's classic status. It is, but it's like, come on, man, it goes like five foot. Now, at the end, <laughs> especially at the end, when Woody Harrelson caught the oop, it was like, come on now. Yeah, that's a six foot goal. Can we at least make it eight? You but can, but on an eight foot goal, can As a as a youngster, I was young. I was thirteen, fourteen, something like when it, I knew right away Wesley Snipes was an athlete. Woody Harrelson can shoot though, and Woody Harrelson can play. Yeah, he can play. I fi I figured that out like right away when I saw it, and I think that's kind of what makes it yeah makes it real for me because I I can't stand a sports movie, and the actor can't play worth the lick. Yeah, like you can't even fake it. It's, it's 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 offending. The the I guy that plays it. Thor, I don't know his name. I saw him running once in some movie. Uh -huh. Oh man, it was the most unathletic <laughs> run I've ever seen. The worst thing ever. The guy's throwing up, got this hammer in Thor that's knocking everything out. He can't run from here to that yeah. door and look athletic at all. I'm like, what at is, all? Yeah, I mean, come on, man. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, Brian's song. If you want to cry, that's old, yeah. that's an old one, you know. Um, if you want to cry, Million Dollar Baby, uh, Clint Eastwood, yeah, the boxing movie. That was if you if you want to cry, man, that's a sad story. Good, great movie though. Anything with Sonai Lathan, I love. Anything with Sonai Lathan, there you go. <laughs> Shout out Sonai. I love some Sonai Lathan. Um, you're in trouble. And you're a tennis fan though, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. You still play? Just watch. No, I haven't played tennis in a long time. I, I but uh, yeah, I was. A, the knees ain't holding up, man. I just, I mean, you know, I, I need to learn how to play golf because you don't have to do anything with walk. <laughs> uh, I don't play basketball anymore. I haven't played basketball probably like five, six years. Come on, man. Or longer, you know. And tennis, same thing, I haven't played tennis. But I, I grew up playing a lot of tennis. You watch it? Yeah. Yeah, I watch it. Is, uh, the, is the current three, is that the, the, the top three of the, the Mount Rushmore tennis? Uh, Federer? Uh, Nadal, Djokovic. That's pretty impressive. Um, you know, you're always looking at the old school guys, but that, as far as winning, who are the old school guys you would throw in that fourth oh, spot? Yeah. Well, and again, this gets you know who who got you to watch. Arthur Ashe got me to watch. Okay, okay. You know, because again, as a black man playing a sport, you're just like, wow, it's Arthur Ashe. I can I can remember going to Walmart. And picking up a head tennis racket, and I said, Arthur Ashe picks up this racket just like this. <laughs> <laughs> the wooden ones. Uh, no, this it, it wasn't wooden. It was a, Stan Smith would play the wooden Okay, okay. I mean, okay. I, but yeah, I mean, I'm sitting there, I'm like, golly, it's just, I'm, I'm touching the same kind of racket as Arthur Ashe. <laughs> At one point, he touched this. Yeah, I know he did. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like eight. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, you know, just, I, hey, we, the Americans hadn't won a daggum Grand Slam in 20 years, man. I mean. You're right, huh? Yeah. yeah Andy Roddick, like 2003. Now was it. And he, and he could only win, what, one yeah. or something. I mean, 20 years. Uh, I mean, that's, you know, overseas, that's kind of, that's their thing, you know. I, um, where I'm, I mean, I see all. I used to go to the Santa Fe Club all the time when I was uh, in my Channel 5 days, matter of fact. <laughs> where, where are sports going, man? Because now. Uh, Cornhole and pickleball oh, man. are taking over. What man, we, don't get me started on some putting, of the sports we have. We're now. putting money into pickleball courts. We're like bringing up grants to 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 build more pickleball courts. What was the hell is going on? Well, man? I think that's because it's a sport older people can play. Is that what it is? Just I, for the I, old folks? I, I think so. I think that that's great because I'm approaching old guy uh -huh. status. All right, uh, but. Have you watched this stuff? Uh, maybe like five minutes. I mean, I mean, what? It's just tennis on a small court, basically, yeah, tennis, right? Yeah. And you well, don't have to do so much running back and forth. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's what it, I teach people who play cornhole. Uh, <laughs> Charles Thompson, 
great wishbone auctioneer, loves loves cornhole. I said, Charles, you playing cornhole? Oh man, having that great athlete, that fastest <laughs> wishbone quarterback Barry Switzer ever had. You out here playing cornhole? Uh, but I mean, this yeah, is how bad all, the summer awesome. was. It wasn't. It's just a couple weeks ago. ESPN had on. Yeah. Tag. Yeah. Grown men playing tag. Yeah. You know, you you had air guitar. Air guitar. Yes. They had guys playing air guitar, a competition. And they're air like guitar. really act like they're playing a doggone guitar. And you judged it. And and people judged it. <laughs> this is how bad the sports were this summer, just before football started. Ah. Uh, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I remember years ago seeing rock paper scissors. On ESPN during the summer, just just and it was like a, 500 people in a room, and they just all huddled around in different little, you know, spots in the room, just playing rock paper scissors. And they had a, a, a referee in a striped shirt, and he was blowing his whistle. And it was it was ridiculous. Did you see guys slapping each other? They had that. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Yes. I'm like, you sit there, he slaps you, and you slap. I'm like, are you yeah, serious? I don't. Yeah, I don't. Uh, now we used to do the whole thing about you know like your hands and like yeah. like that. Slap in my face? Big old swole dudes, too. You know. I don't think it's white folks. I think it's Negroes. I do not think this is white folks. It could be. It could be white folks. But I think it's Negroes. I think a Negro did this. Whatever you say. Whatever you say.